You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic. When I can, I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Curtain up, theater people, and welcome to your program is your ticket. My name is Sean Chandler, and I'll be your host. Your program is your ticket. It's a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. As many of you know, your program is your ticket is a helpful system where your program is literally your ticket to get into the theater in smaller, more intimate productions. It's these works we like to highlight, and it's our goal on this show to feature as many of these productions as possible while still discussing the biggies. My guests on today's show are the mega-talented team from Group.br, whose mission is to present Brazilian culture through the performing arts. They're here to talk with me about their show, Inside the Wild Heart, an immersive theatrical experience based on the works of Clarice the Spectre, Brazil's most acclaimed female writer. The critically lauded Inside the Wild Heart, presented in New York in 2016 and then again in 2018, transported the audience directly inside the Spectre's heart, creating an experience that encouraged them to engage with literature on a sensory level. Now, these great artists were interviewed at a different time to accommodate schedules, so you may hear differences in audio here and there. Not that that takes away from their incredible personalities. I'm just letting you know up front, just in case things sound a little different from what you're hearing right now. So let's bring them on. Hi, group.br, and welcome to your program is your ticket. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Uh, I know you're having like a, a really busy week this week. <gasps> Tell it me is. about it. <laughs> <laughs> Opening week in a new platform. It's a new world. It's like everything is new. So it's exciting, but it's also nerve wracking. <laughs> yes. well, sure. Ab- absolutely. Um, let's start by having you both introduce yourselves and telling us your position in group.br. So I'm Andressa Furletti, co-founder and artistic director of Group.br. I'm also a multidisciplinary artist from Brazil, living in New York for 13 years now. Cool. And I'm Deborah Ballardini. I'm the executive director and co-founder of Group.br. Um, I am uh, an actress, director, um, I do performing arts as well, and um, I've been living in New York for the past 26 years. Cool. Well, you both have a lot of a lot more New York experience than I. I've only been living here for four, five and a half years now, but I, I moved from Los Angeles. Um, I'll give you some advice. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> try to get rent control if you can. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I think that ship has sailed for, for us. So. <laughs> By the way, I, I love your names. I think you both have the coolest names. Oh, so, thank you. They're so lyrical and um, just, I just, they just have such a nice, you know, lilt to them that just hits the ear really, really well. So oh, thank just you. Just want to let you know. Um, please tell our audience what group.br stands for and give us a little history of the company. Okay. So I'll let, I'll let Andresa talk because I'm very famous for talking a lot. We'll be uh-huh. here for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> She wants, to, she wants to tell all the details, and I go like Deborah, straight to the point, my friend. Not a five-hour podcast. <laughs> um, so, Group.br is the, still the only Brazilian theater company in New York. Um, we founded it in 2011 with a reading of a play. Um, it's a very. It was like a very shy. Um, encounter of 10 actors that wanted to do something Brazilian here, uh, not even know exactly what. And then after this reading, it was clear who were the people that wanted to stick together and, and wanted to actually create a company and c- keep um, bringing Brazilian culture through performing arts to New York. Um, this is something that was very important for us at that time. It still is, but at a, t- at a time, there was absolutely no representation of Brazilian um, theater in New York um, uh, theater scene. And we thought that wasn't fair because Brazilian culture is so rich and it's so vast. Um, and there's like a lot of other Latin companies, but they're mostly uh, focused on Hispanic countries and um, and. Um, in Spanish. So we wanted to bring this flavor of Brazil. So this small reading became a production of a play of Brazil's biggest um, writer called Nelson Rodriguez. The play was called The Serpent. This is your first project, right? Yeah, this was okay. our first project. We did just for a weekend, all in Portuguese with English subtitles. And for our surprise... Um, it was sold out and people were very happy about it. Some Brazilians were crying because they saw Nelson Rodriguez in, in New York, you know, they, they were very emotional. And then we decided to keep going. So right from the beginning, it was me, Deborah and Tiago Felix. Uh, we all got together through a friend in common called Carlos Caldarte. Um, he actually wasn't in the first uh, production of the serpent, he he thought that we were too out of out, out there, too out of the box. He was like, "Nah, <laughs> something more simple, just a black box and a and a chair, and we want to like a, a window that spins in the." <laughs> in the- <laughs> um, so it was the the three of us. We did this performance, and then um, next we create our first device board called Infinite Wild Lasts. It was based on the life and works of Vinicius de Moraes. And this name might not ring the bell for people right away, but everyone knows him because he's one of the creators of Bossa Nova. He composed Girl from Ipanema, No More Blues, and all those books. Most of the Bossa Nova songs you hear in restaurants. <laughs> I love I love Bossa Nova music. Yeah. Um, so. 
You would love you would love that show. That show happened in the bar. Um, an audience would come in and have the because like Vinicius was very bohemic and he got married nine times, ah. uh, and he was actually deeply in love with all nine women. So we did this show in a bar, uh, telling nine love stories through his poetry and his music. So people would come in, and it was a band playing bossa nova, and then all the actors were playing Vinicius, um, talking to the audience, and then we would start the show. I played um, a character that it was Vinicius' death because Vinicius was very um, aware of mortality and the ending of things, and that's that's why his like most famous poem um, has this line. Um, let it not be immortal because it's flame, but let it be infinite while it lasts. So there was always like very, very intense, but it ends. And if it ends, you've got to end it. Um, so he had this conversation with death um, all the time. So it was like all actors playing either uh, Vinicius or one of Vinicius' wives. And the way it worked... Um, the essence of Vinicius would pass from one actor to another. So sometimes um, an actress would be playing Vinicius, but she was not playing a man. She was like an actress embodying that essence, you know, embodying all that love, all that poetry, all that music. Uh, so we did that show in 2013 and 2014. Um, then 2016, uh, 15, uh, we, you know, we were, like, what what we do now? And we started to um, study. And Clarice Lispector was one of the subjects we were interested in. Uh, she is one of Brazil's biggest writers, is definitely the biggest uh, female writer. Um, she's also considered the greatest female um, Jewish writer after Kafka in the world. Um, so... We started to, to look at her story and her works that, you know, usually Brazilians read in school when they're teenagers and it's too, like way too deep for teenagers. You like it, but you don't really like understand it, you know, the depth of it. And then when we look into it, she was an immigrant. She was a refugee. Uh, her family was a refugee. Uh, they escaped the, the, the Jewish persecution in Ukraine at the times called the pogroms. Uh, end up in Brazil in the Northeast had a like huge, like it's, it's a long, it's a long story. We can talk more if you want to hear more about, about her. And then we thought, well, she's an immigrant. She's a refugee. She's a woman. Um, she was way ahead of her time. We need to talk about her and the work is amazing. So in 2015, we digged into, uh, her works and it was like a happy coincidence that later that year, um, New Directions uh, Publishing published uh, the complete stories uh, translated to English. And it was like really, really good translation because it's not easy to, to translate Clarice. Translations are always complicated, but Clarice has such a specific voice, such a specific way of construction, constructing the, the phrases. So Katrina Dotson did an amazing job, and this book was in the list of the recommended books in the New York Times. So that really helped open an audience um, for Clarice here, and we were like, ah, this is amazing. That's a nice plug. Yes, right? <laughs> for sure. Um, 
And then, like, for Vinicius, we created the show in, like, maybe eight months. We, we had the show, but Clarice was way more complicated. Uh, from Why? The, because um, her work, it's very diverse. Vinicius was very straightforward. Like, 98% of his work is about love. Either falling in love or falling out, falling out of love. So it was really e easy to find a thread, you know. Uh, we, we took a while to, like, find, like, how we would going to tell those stories. And sometimes he would, like, meet a future wife when he was still married, like, 20 years before. You know, it's like, so making these connections. But Clarice, um, she has a variety of reoccurring themes. Then we were like, okay, so the most important is freedom with identity. No, it's time. No, it's faith. No, it's violence. No, it's love. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, we, we started to see uh, some themes that were reoccurring. And right from the beginning, we wanted this show to happen in the house um, and to be very intimate and very close because that's the feeling of her work. Um, it really feels that someone is sitting next to you and just whispering those very deep feelings in your ear that you go like, how do you know that? I also feel that. You know? Andressa, uh, before you dig into the show, um, I think that if, uh, I'd like to uh, go to the timeline a little bit because this was, uh, we had to do two productions, like the first one on the 2016, um, which we thought we could have done it in eight months like we did Vinicius. But actually, like Andressa just said, no, we couldn't do that because we started, you know, finding those intrinsic little things that Clarice had. So we had to create a system. So the first production in 2016 was, um, it was very nice. It was interesting. Uh, we had a director from Brazil uh, called Regina Miranda. She was amazing. She met Clarice, you know, she was um, um, very, very nice. But then when 2017 hit, we were like, we need a little bit more, you know, like something is missing. So that's when we came back. We, we took 2017 to do more research and, um, you know, uh, put the play the way we, in a different way. Like we had to create a system. And that system um, is what Andressa is, is about to talk about, or we can talk about it together, but... Um, we found all these themes recurrent in the, in the, you know, in the books. So here we are, we already read like nine, nine of her novels, um, and the short stories. Um, and we see these recurrent themes, love, solitude, violence, uh, uh, her questions about God and religion, uh, um, freedom, you know, what is freedom and things like that so we had to basically we narrow it down to 11 themes basically and we we got to the conclusion that we had to had 11 actors or performers right 10 being actors and then one musician because music was also a recurrent theme and very important for Clarice so we ended up with 11 plays basically <laughs> like 11 vignettes if you will no there no 11 plays 11 two-hour plays 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. Because so basically, oh each word. actor. Uh, yes, it, it, it got very complicated, but it's beautiful. Um, oh, I'm so sure. if you have, for example, I know Mandresa, she does, she took care of the freedom theme, right? I took care of God theme. So each one of us have a script for two hours and those scripts, they all, um, happen simultaneously. So while I'm doing my play inside the house, uh, you know, questioning about God and going throughout the whole body of work. Andresa is doing the same, but talking about freedom. Um, and that's, to me, that's a very important point, not just because of the, you know, the, the systematic way that we found, the system that we found, but also because you can really go inside the wild heart. And that's the name of the show. Her first book was called Near the Wild Heart. So we took that and made inside the wild heart. So when you get into this house, um, you are encountered with the characters. You're not necessarily going to find Clarice sitting in a chair or uh, with a typewriter in her lap and talking about her stories. No, you see the characters. So the minute you walk in through the, into the house, you see the wild heart of Clarice, the wild head of Clarice, basically. And, um, the first thing that the audience see in front of them is a question. If you were you, what would you, how would, um, how would it be? And what would you do? That's a sentence uh, that Clarice, one of her quotes. And that's the, um, and then we, do, and that's also the first, what is that interesting? That's the first text they, they hear. So the idea is that they follow yeah. this question. Um, because each, each audience member can create their own journey. Um, and it's very interesting because in the beginning, you see them going here and there looking like, Oh, where, where it's happening and it's happening everywhere. And there's this like anxiety of like, I'm watching this, but I'm missing something else. And you always miss something else. Um, but then, but then you see them kind of relaxing and say, like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, follow my instincts and see where I want to go, what, what I want to do, if I want to interact with the performers or not, or not. And also, also like when they, after they pass that question, right, they see that question written down. Two, I think like one or two rooms, like they keep walking in, they see the next sentence, which is getting lost is also a way. And that's when they kind of relax a little bit and they go like, oh, okay, so I can get lost in this place. And it's also a way to see it. So we give two, those two hints to the audience, you know, already from Clarice so they can, you know, enjoy what they are doing. How subliminal. I love when um, uh, theater artists create a psychology within the audience. Like when you're watching mm -hmm. the show or, or if you're watching a film where the audience is, you know, you're engaging their, their minds and they don't necessarily know what you're doing, but you're doing it. So that, that's really cool. I, lo I love that. 
Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting that you say psychology because um, our director, Linda Wise, um, which is a longtime collaborator of ours, uh, she's from Paris. Um, she's originally from South Africa, but she is radicated in, in, in Paris. Um, she says that. She says theater without psychology is not theater, from, you know, for her. So in, in everything instinctually, like from Andressa and I, we always have that element, you know, of instigating, mm-hmm. of like questioning. And Clarice is a big, you know, she says of herself, she said of herself, I am a question. And so we took those, we took those, those um, hints, you know, to use that into the play. So I love that you, you say psychology. It's very important. Let me just backtrack very quick um, because you were talking about uh, the, the rework of the play, but then uh, we did just finish the story because, and then in 2018, we reopened the play in a big house, like three story house in Manhattan. And that, and that show was directed for Lin, uh, from Linda Wise, um, that Deborah just, um, just mentioned. So people, people in the podcast, you can't see it, but Sean can see a picture behind me. Um, this is like the set of the show, and this is the only time you see Clarice here in this TV because it was the, her only TV interview um, that was playing on this TV. So then people could see her. Well, I thought that's what you were exhibiting there. I thought you were exhibiting her. That's that's really cool. Yeah, wow. and just, and just to um, complement what you were saying about the the psychology. Like all these ideas was really like given by Clarice, you know, like the thing, like linearity, it's not the most important thing in her, in her, her books. Uh, telling a story is not the most important thing. She's always like looking for something, always digging in, you know, she's always like have those burning questions that just have no answer. Um so that that's the feeling we want in the show, you know, that you can just witness a scene and get something out of it. You don't really need to understand, like, the whole story because that little part will give you something, will give you a feeling. She, she always says, like, um, actually, uh, her biographer says, you don't read it with your mind, you read it with your belly. With your body, you feel it, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, now, also, and also, um, Clarice, reading Clarice's witchcraft. <laughs> I love that one. People say that, yeah. Yeah, people say it's witchcraft, it's not literature. <laughs> so people call, some people call her, her writings witchcraft, right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's, that's really interesting. Now, um, I know that you wrote individual plays. But I would assume that you also held yourself responsible for having um, a, a sort of a macro arc going on throughout the whole uh, experience. So you had to pay attention to how does this play and this character relate to this play and this character. Um, that was probably, I mean, if it were me, I would like need to have like, I have to like utilize PowerPoint or like get a big white marker board and keep track of all of that. That's exactly what we did. Yeah. We we had this huge pieces of paper and then it was like from macro to, to, uh, uh, to micro. Um, 
so we had this, uh, I call it a chart because it was like, uh, first 15 minutes of the show. So this character is here, this character is here, and this character is doing this, this character is doing that. And from this character is going to transform to that character, blah, 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 blah. So that was like a little square for every 15, 10 to 15 minutes. Um, that was like those blocks when we have like a sound cue to move to the next, um, to the next chapter, what, what, yeah. how, how we call it. And then each one of those um, individual squares was on, uh, on a drive on each individual um, script. Column. So that, that, yeah. that little column also lived on the drive. And it started, it started with this big paper with like pieces of paper, name of the character or, and the scene and the page on the book so we could, we could go. And the way we worked, we would read the book get like market whatever like stands out individually individually and then we would get together compare those marks and it's like oh yes no i marked the same like it was really funny how how we highlighted most of the same things but sometimes one would go like yeah but look at this this image is great oh look at this this is a costume oh this this is this is an installation you know <laughs> yeah. it was all like mining you know her work yeah, I would say that like for one year, those little pieces of paper had like um, duct tape in the back. So we would like sleep on for like a week thinking about that character in that, that slot. For a year, we've been changing and putting this character in different places. But the structure of the whole thing, like Andres is saying, is that we did a very, uh, we did a chronological um um, arc of her uh, of her work. So we start with the first book and we end with the two last books. So there is one part because what is really beautiful about Clarice is that she starts already in a very different way of writing. When she was twenty three, she won her first award, you know, for best liter- you know, best book and in, uh, in Brazil. So. She starts with this book and then you can see how she evolves throughout the whole, the whole body of work. And the reason I'm saying this is because there is a climax in the, in the play um, for one of her books, which is called Agua Viva. And there's no translation for that, but um, it's like jellyfish. <laughs> That's, that would be jellyfish. But, uh, or light. Or, Live water. Live water. I was right? gonna, it sounds like a brand of water in a way. But, yeah, it's live but. water. But it's Agua Viva. And Agua Viva, she really goes into this uh, stream of consciousness, like very close to what James Joyce would do, you know. And But it's extremely powerful. So that's a very big climax of words and monologues. That's when you really see, you know, the first floor, we had the guy doing a text in rap mode and going crazy and sweating. I'm on the second floor inside of a fire burning because, you know, she had, um, she had an accident. Clarice had an accident. Like she basically set up, set herself on fire <laughs> because she forgot the cigarette, um, on and she took some sleeping pills and it, it was just crazy. So I'm in the fire the, on this, the third floor, something else is happening. So that's like the moment of like turmoil of her, of her, um, of, of her, her words, you know, spitting it out and all that. But what is interesting is that in Agua Viva, 
she specifically says, I can't find words anymore. Oh, the, the only thing that is left for me is to bark at God. I love that. I love that. That she, there was so much inside of her that she could not really say it anymore. There were no words for her anymore. So she makes this book almost as, as, as a, uh, she calls it a jazz. You know, it's a piece of jazz. It's an improvisation on everything. Musical jazz. Um, so yeah, it, it, musical jazz. Right. Yes, mu- music, as music. And she loved, loved music. So in, in response to your, you know, to your question about this arc, that's how we, we did it. Um, and then the, the, the last part, like the last two books that she, that she wrote, um, they were published almost at the same time. And uh, I believe that um, the hour of the star was after her death, right? Andres, or a week before she died or something like that. No, it was before she died and then um, the breath of a life. Breath of life. Yeah, breath of life came after. But they were, they were being written at the same time, um, which is a little bit more, um, I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain. I don't want to say mellow because it's not mellow. It's very intense as well. But I think that Agua Viva gives that climax into the whole arc of the story for, mm. uh, for her literature. Wow. Um, what was she like as a person? It was very reserved, uh, very intense. Uh, she was married to a diplomat for like 20-something years, and she hated the diplomatic life. She hated the parties. She hated the, the, the people. She thought that no one could understand her. She was way too crazy for them. Uh, so she didn't have many friends, but had like big, big friends. Um, she had two sons. She got divorced after like 20 something years of marriage and came back to Brazil by herself with, with two sons. Um, one was um, schizophrenic, so it really wasn't easy for her. Um, she worked a lot from home and, you know, with two kids. Now with the pandemic, a lot of people understand <laughs> that. Yeah, indeed. Um, and um, especially with one son with mental health, that definitely wasn't easy for her. Um, so she was like very reserved and it, it was hard because it was a time that divorce wasn't even legal. So it was hard for her because... That was like the 60s, the 50s, right? Um, so you imagine like the women that were married could not hang out with her because she wasn't good company. You know, she was good, wasn't was good example of the wife and the, the woman um, society expected her to be. And also the man was kind of like ah, groups of men and sometimes a woman. So she was she was very lonely um person in a way that like very reserved stay a lot at home she worked a lot from home um took care of her 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 kids um Hmm. very very intense anything else deborah you want to she died at 56 right in 1977 Almost 57 because it was like exactly one day before her birthday oh wow yeah. But that was in, in 1977 when she died. Yes, yes. Um, 
I would say that all all of it, that, you know, everything that you just said, it, but um, it was really hard for me. It was very interesting when we were researching her. It was very interesting to me to find a picture of Clarice smiling. Mm. I thought that that was a very good, um, that was a very intriguing thing for me. I can believe uh, that because, from what you said. I can, yeah, yeah. there's... There was there's one book um, of her, uh, a photobiography of hers, and it's beautiful, like pictures and pictures and pictures and pictures. And finally, we found one that she's holding her oldest son, and there's a little, you know, a little smile in there. I was like, yes, this is beautiful. That does, I mean, I never met the woman, so of course we didn't see her, you know, in a daily basis to say she didn't smile. But in the public life, it was really hard to find a picture of her like that. But then I started thinking like, oh my God, all this existential thing, you know, sort of Kafka, sort of Joyce, sort of all this. Where is the humor in Clarice? Yeah. So through her personality... Um, you know, through what we knew of her personality and reading the biography and all that and reading the text, I started like being obsessed about where is the humor? Where is the humor? Like we need some humor. And amazingly enough, when you read it, it's, it's, it is existential, but it is funny at points. There are things that you laugh about and you go like, wow, this is, this was so smart. And she's very quotidian as well. You know, she's always starts her, her short stories, her books, you know, in the house, in the kitchen, you know, um, cooking or anything like that. And that, that per, or going to the park and going to, you know, have a groceries of uh, a bag of groceries. And, and then suddenly this character has an epiphany and inside that epiphany, you know, the, the questioning and the existential thing, there's always like a little hint of humor. Like, it's almost like she's looking at us and saying, isn't that funny how you also think that? And so it's very intimate, you know. You mm-hmm. have to put the book aside sometimes and say like, wait a minute, you touched on something here that I didn't want to hear. Let me go think about this. And then, of course, you leave the book in there and you go to wash, you know, wash the dishes and you're like, oh, damn it, I can't stop thinking about this. This is my own epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you mentioned something really interesting because one of, one of my favorite things to do, and it drives my husband crazy, um, we'll go to like antique stores or something like that. And I love it when I find like an old photo album of people that I don't know. And I love going through them and just sort of saying, what is this person like? And, 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 and you'll go through and you'll see the same person just, you know, kind of with a frown on their face. And finally there's something that makes them smile. Yeah. And um, it's, it's, it's triggering emotionally to me. So I totally get yeah. what you're saying when you finally saw her smile, you know, holding her, holding her child. So that's, that's, and, that's um, and just to add, um, there's some interviews with close friends that actually say that she was funny and she used to laugh and, and tell jokes, but she did not like smiling in pictures at all. Ah. So there's, I, I think that also adds to that mystery. Um, there is really not much, um, videos and audio from her. Um, I went to this Museum of Sound and Image in Rio to hear this um, interview she gave to a radio station. And that was like very revealing to see her like 
making little jokes and laughing all the time and making fun of herself and making fun of the world, you know, like, um, being a real person. Yeah. Because like this, this interview, um, on TV, this, this one that is here, that is also in the play, um, it was something very last minute. She popped up in this TV station and then someone said, Clarice, don't you want to give us an interview? She was like, okay, I agree, but only if you air after I'm, I'm dead. And it was like 30 minutes before the next show that was live. There was no studio. So it's like this very weird interview with this one chair in this empty studio and no preparation. Um, and then in this interview, she, 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 uh, says all the time that she's tired, you know, like it, it really wasn't her good day. And it's, it's really sad that this is the image that keeps in people's minds because it's the only, it's the only video we have, um, available. So it gives the people the, the idea that she's a bit more somber than she actually was, according to her friends. Um, and she gave this interview in 77. We don't know if she knew already she had cancer. Mm. I have a feeling that she knew and didn't tell anyone, but according to the biography, she didn't know. Mm. Um, and that what gives me that hint, it's like right at the end, um, they ask her about like when, when she's not writing, what happens? And she says, when I'm not writing, I'm dead. You know, like life, life is unbearable when I'm writing, blah, blah, blah. And then at the very last, she said, uh, she says, well, now I'm dead. I'm speaking to you from my tomb. And then she gives like a little smirk because she asked, she asked this interview to air on, only after her death. So she's really speaking from her tomb. So she has the last laugh in a way. Yes. Like. <laughs> Very subtle. It's like, it's when the video is already fading, but you see like corner of her mouth goes like, oh, I'm really smart. I'm actually speaking from my tomb because it can only air after my, my death. What's interesting is I feel like she's probably programmed you through her writing and what very little you've seen of her to, to look for just the tiniest, tiniest change of, of uh, facial expression. Like she probably does she I bet she has probably the same facial expression most of the time in everything you see. Yeah. And so she's she is she's created a psychology in you. Yes. Yeah, too. She's like, I want everyone to think I'm, you know, I, I want them to wonder about me. And yeah. and that's really cool. Um, let's go back to talking about inside the wild heart. Now you have a new iteration of inside the wild heart, right? And it's, yes. it's actually starting on November 27th. So tell us about that. Yes. So like when, uh, so this year marks the centennial of Clarice Lispector. So our plans were to, to bring this show back to New York and then take it to Brazil as a celebration. But then pandemic hits and then we have to change all the plans, right? Right. So in the beginning, a lot of people were streaming their shows. And uh, we have we have like a very nice footage of this show. We had nine cameras around the space trying to capture. We didn't capture everything, but we captured like most uh, most of the show. So from the beginning, it was like, oh, 
Maybe we should stream it, but how? It's like three floors happening at the same time. And it was so important, this element of the, the, the audience being able to choose whatever they see. And then we were like researching, should we open three Zoom uh, um, uh, uh, places? Meeting rooms, yeah. Rooms and people can like jump from one to another, but that's going to be chaotic. Do we live stream three videos at the same time and people jump from one to one YouTube to another? And I'm like, we couldn't, we couldn't find this. And we started to do this event called Happy Hour Online with readings and um, conversation about Clarice every Wednesday. And we kept looking, and then uh, we got invited to be part of this. Um, events like online event called This Immersive Globe, just about immersive uh, theater from all over the world. Mm-hmm. They actually had a presentation, uh, um, one, one event last year in San Francisco called, um, well, well, wait, now I'm confusing the names. This Immersive Globe was this year. Immersive Summit was the name of the event last year. And I, I went there and you know, like people, some people there has seen the show and everything. And then they had this event called this Immersive Globe in this platform called, called Gather Town. And how it works, like it looks kind of a video game that opens in your browser. It works on Chrome or Firefox. So if you have those browsers, you don't even have to install anything. Just to clarify, it, does it work on Safari for the Apple products or just Chrome, Chrome and Firefox? Just Chrome and Firefox. Okay, because you can always get I, – I, I have an Apple computer, and I can get Chrome very easily. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Good to know. And then uh, once you enter, you get a little avatar, and you're throwing this virtual space. And you also have like a little, uh, um, your camera is on if you choose so. And the way it works when your avatar gets close to other avatar, you see the, their, um, their video and you hear the sound. And you were like, hmm, this is interesting. And you can set up some elements to open whatever you program them to be. So you can, they can open a, a YouTube video, they can open a Vimeo, they can open a picture, they can open a Google Docs, you know, like this, uh, a whiteboard, there's a lot of options, a Zoom meeting. Um, so we were like, hmm, this is really interesting. So I got in touch with them and I found out that they have this option of synchronizing the the, the, the elements, the video elements. Um, so they all start at the same time. So we can have the videos of the three rooms playing at the same time. And then I created three levels of this immerse, uh, this virtual space. So you take your avatar, you go to the first floor. Um, when you get close to the element, um, you see uh, on the bottom of the page uh, saying press X, X to interact or to watch or to do whatever. And then it opens a video. So that video is already, uh, it's already playing. So you see how much you want and then you decide, oh, I'm going to check it out what's happening on the second floor. And then you take your avatar to the second floor and there's another video playing there. Or you can go to the third floor or you can decide to watch Clarice's interview or you can decide to see a video that was playing one of the installations or you can decide to leave your message on our tree of the secret desires or you can draw something somewhere, 
you know so of course it's not it's not the the real thing it doesn't have the smells and the taste because in the play we serve coffee and cheese bread and brigadeiro which are like two brazilian delicacies that we we do uh, during the play um so all that stuff and it's you know it's not face to face but still it's fun i'm super excited about it and people can again choose what you see and create their own uh journey and they can come back and watch many times and have a different experience i am totally nerding out right now i think that sounds so cool and so fun and what's what's great about it is um your there's a i, I don't necessarily know this verbatim but there's a quote by Greer Garson who said um if if the boat isn't coming to you swim out to the boat and i and this is just such a great way to um to reach audiences um that would maybe not necessarily be as engaged in theater but you put like this video experience in front of them and they will do they'll do all of it they'll love it they'll learn so much about her i i just i just think this is like totally neat <laughs> i do well yes, i mean you. i i read your your pr package and i was like oh this sounds really interesting and now that like you're all the bells and whistles and easter eggs that you're talking about is just like <laughs> like completely fills it out i'm, I'm like i yeah, I, I, i should say awesome. uh, and just a one, one detail deborah uh just for me to complete so um To make the the experience smooth for everyone, we decided to mute everyone upon entry. So uh, you can only interact with other other audience members through the chat box, but there will be a room for them if they want to go and talk. I don't know. Maybe you saw someone that you know and you want to have a conversation about what you saw during the play because that was possible. Uh, or you can uh, or you can go and say, "Hey, let's check out that room together," and you yeah, know exactly. Um, I should say that the play is in English with uh, Portu um, Portuguese subtitles. And we do, uh, one of our biggest missions is to actually do the plays in Portuguese, you know, to bring the sound of, of, of the Brazilian, the Portuguese, the Brazilian Portuguese language. But for this specific play, uh, it was not possible for us to have everything in Portuguese. So the majority of it is in English with Portuguese subtitles, you know, because we, we're streaming all over the world. Um, and the parts that are in Portuguese, of course, it will be translated in English. So um, everybody can hear, can understand what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> and for was... those who know, who know Clarice will be able to recognize the, the nine novels and the short stories. So. Yeah, it was, that was very clear on your website that you were, you wanted to make sure that translations were there. Um, and I, I think that's, that's, that's considerate. It really is. And, and, and great because, you know, it's, it's, If, if you have an American audience and the American audience can, you know, see, figure it out and hear the story. I mean, plus it's probably a little difficult to put subtitles up on a show like that, like yeah. subtitles, like it, it just, it feels like there's an elasticity to it, to where things can, things can, might change from one performance to the next. So that, I, I think that's very cool. Yeah, not not just that, but also in terms of space. Can you imagine like we having to have like projections and TV in every room synchronized with the 
with the actors. Yeah. It just um, wasn't possible. But it is possible in, like, specific times, you know, when we have small text in Portuguese. Then we had we had in the show projected, like, in the big wall. We had some, like, uh, uh, videos playing all around. And then we used that to put the, the translations let me play a, a let me play a little bit with Sean's nerdiness. You know, you might be able. One of the parts that we put the translation is when um, this character called G H encounters the roach. So try to find that room, Sean. Roach. <laughs> You're gonna have to try to find that that roach on the floor. I'm um, okay. <laughs> and Andresa is the roach. <laughs> I love it. It's so oh cool. Okay. I'm, I'm jotting down a note on your script here to, to yeah. find the roach. That's um, one, one of her be, one of her most famous book called The Passion According to G.H., uh, which is this woman encountering a roach. <laughs> it, we, that's that's why she gets uh, to be compared with Kafka because of the metamorphosis by Kafka. Sure. So she she got really compared to him uh, when she wrote that book. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's that's a nice comparison. And if you tell the story of the book, you go like, "Is this a good book?" But the thing is, like the this encounter with the roach becomes a metaphor for just about everything in this character's life. Yeah. Her relationship with uh, herself, with the maid. Um, she even like touches about uh, racism because like this beautiful black woman that lived and worked in her house that she it, it was invisible to this middle class um, uh, visual artist in Rio de Janeiro and then suddenly hits her. She was like, oh, my God, I didn't even see her. I barely know her name. You know, and then like her whole world collapses, you know, and then the roach becomes a metaphor for God, for her mother, for her marriage, um, for everything. You know, like she questions pretty much the whole world and uh, comes out of this experience totally transformed. And then we play, we, we, we have this like thing that she uh, at some point she becomes the roach. So I get out of the, the, the skin of the roach and Deborah kind of like becomes. I, I, I become the roach at some point and a lot of good epiphanies happen, wow. happen in that scene. <laughs> my, mind, my mind is exploding over this. I'm like, whoa. That was like, that was one day that was super cool, Sean. That, um, so I, I transformed into the roach in this room here, here behind me as another actress is doing another, another text about carnival. And there's the, the scene of the carnival. So if you see the carnival, you're not going to see the roach. If you see the roach, you're not going to see the carnival or you come back and see multiple, multiple times. But then like I start, uh, becoming the roach and like, not just the costume, but also the movement physically. And then I end up on the floor and she, Clarice says that the roach is pure seduction. So I look at the audience kind of like seducing them as a roach. And it's really funny. People don't know what to do because like this roach is winking at me. Right. <laughs> and there was one day this one guy just got into it 
and he ended up on the floor and he became a roach with me. <laughs> and and like an audience member did? An and, audience member. Uh, and and the, it was the best fine. because I come from the second floor rushing with this, you know, I, I just uh, broke up with this other character in the scene and I come in and when I look at it, there's like, there are two roaches and I go like, okay, <laughs> what do I do? And then when I come closer, um, he started like going away. I, I held his hand and I said, no, honey, you're going to do this with me now. You're part of the scene. So don't spoil, don't spoil what you do. Don't spoil. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It was, uh, no, I'm not going to tell you what I do, but um, you have to watch the scene. Wow, this um, is this has been so cool and so delightful. I'm so glad that you've taken a project that you have and you I, I've said this so many times on my show. It's it's when we hit walls that um really the genius clicks on in our brain. And uh, so many people that I've talked to of late, I I'm, I've been doing this series called Act Two Places that's about people's um, reaction to COVID-19 artists and their, their companies and some of the ideas that people are being forced to come up with because they don't have the same rope paths that we, that we used to have and hopefully still will have um, in the very near future. But, but this is another on a slate of ideas on a slate of like genius ideas that, I'm encountering you, you had to, you couldn't do it any other way. You had to figure it out. And that's great. That's like tremendous leadership and creativity. It's just, it's just way cool. Um, now I, I'm, can I have you for like maybe five more minutes and sort of ask you a few questions about, uh, the, the COVID-19 crisis? Um, how has, group.br been affected by COVID-19 and how has that changed plans for the company? I know you're, you've, you've adjusted your, your show, but have you changed your mission statement or Um, a a new direction or a temporary new direction? Not really. Like uh, one thing I wanted to say about this, um, about, about this moment in our lives, right? I think that, um, artists are very blessed because we train our whole lives to improvise. Sure. Our whole lives, that's our training. You know, we, we, especially in theater because, you know, it, it's not recorded. You cannot edit. So you have, and I think that these times that we're living now with this pandemic, there's no editing. It is, a, you know, one day after the other, and we are very blessed for for uh, for for being trained to improvise and to you know act on the spot or whatever it is. Does that mean it's easy? No, it's not easy. No. It's not easy because, uh, like Andressa said before, we had this whole program for you know 2020, and we've been preparing, and we're going to put the play up and all that, and then boom, 
you know, life happens, nature decides to say, ah, nope, we're going to take a break. So we took this break um, to rebrand, to organize a little bit more. Um, One thing that held us really together was the happy hour online, um, celebrating Clarissa's centennial throughout the year. So since March, we've been doing the happy hour online. We invited um, we invite artists from Brazil, from here. Um, we try to to pay them, you know, a very small amount, like from donations. So we keep the money circulating in, in nice. the industry. Um, we created a um, New York Brazilian um, um, Brazilian artists fund to help um, artists, Brazilian artists living in the United States, um, in the New York State. I'm sorry. So. Um, that that improvisation that I was talking about before, it, it it's been holding, and and we've been trying to. So we we were affected financially, especially because you know, um, donations don't come as easy as they they used to to come. You know, but um, for for this moment, th- this is what I wanted to say. I don't know if Andresa wants to add something up. Yeah, to we- that. We were like super excited about this year. It was actually uh, the first time we were bridging a Brazilian play um, to come to New York, like another production, not our production. Um, they were actually going to uh, play in uh, this event at NYU, and then we were producing to bring it at the tank. Um, so I this- love the tank. <laughs> love the tank. Yeah. They're amazing. For you. They're amazing. You. Um, what, what an institution. We love the tank and material for the arts and ART. Look, look them up, people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, so we were like super excited about this. It was all something that we always wanted to do, you know, to be able to be this, this bridge and the support for other Brazilian productions to come. Um, and it was supposed to be in April. <laughs> So, um, when the day that we were like sending the, 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 the email announcing it, I was like, guys, I think things will shut down. And it's like, oh no, NYU didn't cancel. No, it's not going to cancel. It's going to be fine. By April, it's going to be fine. I was, I was like, in that camp. I was totally in denial. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And then I was about to send the email and then they sent us an email. Yes, it's canceled. So like we, uh, yeah, we, we had to really improvise everything and it pushed up our, um, our productions to next year and the following year and delayed a bunch of things. But um, on the other hand, I think it also opened some windows, if not doors. Um, uh-huh. we, we're now being able to reach... Um, a bigger audience in Brazil because of the happy hours. Now, now the happy hours are only in Portuguese. In the beginning, we did Portuguese and English. But since we had the play coming in English, I was like, okay, let's concentrate in Portuguese. <laughs> um, I, also, I think, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, we also have a big event happen, happening in, on uh, December 10th, which is actual the birthday of Clarice Lispector, her, you know, 100th birthday. Um, and it starts with Deborah doing a live at 5 a.m. when Clarice used to wake up. And it goes the whole day with readings and panels. And then we're going to uh, be showing some short films. 
and um, we'll be also showing the play and we have a talk back with the actors. So it's going to be like a full day. Only one event um, about translation is in English. If I have time, we're going to screen some some of the scenes we did in the happy hour. If I have the time, I'll do the subtitles for English speakers so they can follow that on live uh, version. We also have Andressa on that day. We also um, have an auction going on because we have a couple of artists that we always, we always include artists with us, you know, visual artists. Do you have something you want to, to, for us to do an auction or, so we are always incorporating all these people. Um, and also we do, we, we don't do only plays, you know, the company sustains itself basically with other events as well. We have two big events. Um, one of them is the, uh, um, the Ponge Queijo Brunch, which is the cheese bread brunch. Um, and also Sarava, which we do at House of Yes every year. And those events, we cannot do it anymore because of the pandemic. So this was a, like a big chunk of our, of our money used to come from these events, you know, performing in there and putting up, you know, these carnival parties and June parties and bringing, really bringing the Brazilian culture to the United States. We had our last big event for 600 people at House of Yes on March 1st of this year, which held us together a little bit, you know, throughout throughout this uh, this pandemic right um but uh financially has been really really hard as for yeah. artists for every for all of us but that that's that's like another way that we were affected of course financially is you know it's a big hit um but one thing that I wanted to say, and you mentioned the ART, Andressa, I wanted to to mention that we also are taking this time to ART has a very cool program called Leadership Program, and uh, we've we've been around for nine years, and it's uh, basically Andressa and I heading everything. Right. That doesn't mean we don't have people that help us when we're doing productions or when we're doing big productions. We have a whole team, of course. Um, but on a daily basis is basically Andresa and I heading things and trying to get a help from a friend. Can you do this for me and that for me? So we hit nine years uh, with great achievement for a lot of things. You know, a lot of beautiful things happened. Um, but then we decided to um, talk to this leadership program at ART. So that's one of the things that we are um, we are going to be focusing on um, starting in January to really like uh, take the company to the next level. You know, the next level of systems, organizing, making sure that um, uh, praying that we uh, actually thankful <laughs> tomorrow is thanksgiving um that we we thank the universe for all this stuff that has been happening because we are very lucky we don't have a venue right we don't we don't have that burden not having a venue we don't we don't have um we don't we're not paying anybody right now in terms of staff because we you know it's two of us um so we might be able to survive all this and and that's uh, that's something that we should be very thankful about um, I wanted to mention those those two things that um, you know the financial burden, and but also there's this other side of like okay, let's let's uh, now 
put everything in the box and see what box we're going to use next and things like that. Fabulous. Sorry that's, if I cut your, your chain of thought, Andreas. No, 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 that's, no it's, it's good. Um, tell our audience your social media uh, so they know where to find you and keep up with you, where to buy tickets. If you have one location they can go, like a website or something that takes everybody everywhere else, that's, that's usually the best thing to report on. So the website is group.br.com. So just to clarify, like from the beginning, you said like what the .br stands for. And in Brazil, you end the websites with .br. That means that it's Brazilian websites. So we found this .br.com because we're Brazilian before we're .com. (laughs) (laughs) Like the name kind of like, um, dialogues with, you know, internet and technology. I'm like a, a bit of a geeky person. <laughs> so. That's that's great. No, I, I I love making up cool names and stuff. I think that's awesome. And Twitter and Instagram, it's written group.br, D-O-T-B-R. And on Facebook, it's the real, the, the dot. And, and uh, the listeners can connect with, with uh, all of your other social media through your website, correct? You have, yes. you have links, right? Yes. I was going to say your, your website is cool. And I love the, um, the cover art for the show. I think it's oh. really, really interesting. I don't know who. Oh, we didn't have a chance to talk about that cover art. Yeah. That um, is an art beautiful story. Brazilian artist called Paulo Gouveia. And he painted that for one of these events, fundraising events. And we loved it so much and end up in a play. <laughs> you know, uh, that's, that's kind of the way it works. Actually, actually, this, the, the, I'm so glad you mentioned that because the, um, he is actually doing the centennial prints for this art. And it's going to be, um, it's going to be available on the 10th for if people wanted to buy, if people wanted to have one, he is actually signing it and there is a seal of um of a hundred years of Clarice. So it's a very special edition of this of this art. And it it, it when he talks about the art is very beautiful. Uh, you you get to see him talk about this art in one of our panels. How did he come up with um everything, all the tattoos that Clarice has in her body? It's wow. really, really impressive. Yeah, he yeah. he uh, used the image of her interview, this TV interview that I mentioned. So that chair that she's sitting, you know, with the with the bag and and the hand and everything, it really looks like the this the TV interview. Wow, cool. Well, I have to say, I think that you have opened up eleven virtual doors <laughs> into a. Uh, a new frontier. This is this is an idea that I have not come across yet, and I'm hearing lots and lots of ideas. And I just wish you just major broken legs. I'm really excited about seeing the show, uh, experiencing the show, um, and I, I know that just from your energy and just from your the way your minds are moving and 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 the, as nimble as you're being with what we're dealing with right now. You're going to, I think you're going to, you might be inventing something completely new. And that is total and complete leadership. And I, I congratulate you for it. So um, thank you very, very much for 
being with us, Team Group dot br um you've been amazing guests and i wish you uh again many broken legs for the your future projects as we navigate our way to a better future for theater you've been amazing thank you so much sean it means a lot to us your words your encouragement uh when you're trying something you really don't know what's coming on the other side so a little bit of encouraging It's really welcome. <laughs> I'm not being disingenuous. I think it sounds I think it sounds like a totally bitchin' idea. I love it. And I'm I'm really excited. I think I think your um your audiences will as well and they'll they'll be blown away by your creativity. So um, I I I echo Andressa's words as well. And um I just want to say one thing to your audience and, and to you of course that don't despair if you can't see all the rooms at once <laughs> when you see the show. Buy another ticket. You can ticket. always come back. You can always come back and watch it again because art and us, right, as a group, we need your support. So the more you watch the show, the more you support in the art the more we can thank you because we cannot do anything without our audience, the people that are out there supporting us. And, and I special thank you to you, Sean, for having us, for giving us the outlet to talk and to express. Um, it, it means a lot. It It's means a lot. It's been completely my pleasure. You have both been delightful and thank you both again. <laughs> thank you. And congratulate on your work. This is really important for, you know, all artists. So keep that's, it up. That's very sweet. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, ladies, I'm going to let you go. Uh, I know you're busy and you have a show to put up in a couple of days. So um, have a great day and um, just kick butt. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, folks. The 11 o'clock number has been sung and the bows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. Once again, a big thanks to Group.br, so innovative, and Clarice Lispector sounds like a great subject for a show. You can find more episodes of Your Program Is Your Ticket on the Broadway Podcast Network, who has honored me with a place on their incredible theater podcast platform. Broadway Podcast Network is all about creating an engaging, immersive, user-friendly experience where theater stories of all kinds can be easily found, shared, and enjoyed. Please visit them on my landing page at bpn.fm slash ypiyt. Again, that's bpn.fm slash ypiyt, which stands for Your Program is Your Ticket. Isn't that fun? Your Program is Your Ticket is also on Facebook at facebook.com, Your Program is Your Ticket. I'm on Twitter at at Program Ticket. I'm also on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Podbean, Pocket Casts, Deezer, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and the UK-based theater platform, Thespie. FYI, I appreciate all good ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. It really helps with my profile, and I just totally appreciate it if you would give me one. A quick thanks to North Coast NYC, the hip-hop improv theater ensemble that does my intro and outro music. You might be hearing it right now. Folks, take a little time to visit theater websites and see what they have to offer as we transition through and out of this pandemic. Watch their content, give them all great ratings and reviews, and most importantly, 
donate, donate, donate. It's the best thing you can do. That's the money's there, it's fast, and they can use it right away. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And until our next show, so long, theater people, and Kurt. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.